Welcome back in off the long layover from our summer podcast. Back to start the next 2020-2021 season with my pal Timmy Hall. Tim, how are you doing today? Ooh. Oh, man. Evil. It's good to talk to you. I... It's good to be able to talk, honestly, which is a whole different story <laughs> itself. But Right, right. You had some teeth issues. You got to take care of those teeth, man. Yeah. Oral hygiene. There's nothing better in the world. Yeah, but, you know, it's great to be back. It's great to be able to talk about college basketball and Wow, there's not a whole lot of substance of basketball to talk about. There's a lot in the sport alone that we had that we can just dive into today. Oh, my God. I mean, it depends on how you define substance, right? I think we're all just just like the pandemic and coronavirus has done to all of us. Shoot, man, you and I, in a sports sense, we were on the front lines of the pandemic affecting this realm, right? I mean, it was college basketball. People want to say it was the NBA, but the the big, huge thing that got canceled was the NCAA tournament, and it left our jaws on the floor. I mean, I'll I'll never forget it, what it was like breaking that down with you. Just completely surreal. You and I were just flipped. We fl- had to flip on a dime with how we were thinking about this, with how, it, how we uh, thought it was going to affect us. I remember both Flip of us. Like, no way. We're interviewing yeah. people that are in the mid majors that have qualified for the NCAA tournament already, and we had yeah. to just, you know, yeah. By the time we posted those podcasts, they were already outdated because things moved so fast. We did. We we talked to a couple of guys uh, in like the week. We talked to a we talked to a, a college basketball player from a mid major school. We talked to a Belmont kid. We talked to a coach from Hofstra and remember he there wound up being some contact tracing issues that they had to go back uh, and yes, look at right. w- with him and so we were concerned for him everything wound up being okay but man it, talk about a wild ride and here we are and I think we both knew that they were going to do everything humanly possible to get a season in because I, I I don't think the NCAA could survive losing another NCAA tournament. It's how they fund their entire operation every single year. If you look at their numbers, their revenue, the NCAA tournament is it for them. No, yeah, you hit it right on the the nail on the head right there because they had to get this one in and they're going to do whatever they can to get it in. But coming up on this episode, we're going to talk about what the power rankings are, what the structure of the Big Ten Conference is going to look like this year. A lot of changes within the structure of the teams. We'll get into that. And then also the debate between Cal and and Coach Mack between Louisville and Kentucky. We'll get into that and much more here on Mad About Hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He He hit it just inside of half court. On the other wing. Oh! 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 it, Jerome! (laughs) College basketball! This is March Madness! As you heard Evil Bald Colin talk about in the open, we got a lot of great things to discuss here. And it's good to be back. It really is. I'm Timmy Hall, and this is Mad About Hoops, episode number 25. I'm glad you you remember that because I forgot off the top of my head. (laughs) It's been that long, man. It's just just been such a trying year for trying to get these podcasts in because you just didn't really know what you could get into because there's just so much unknown. But we're starting to get more information, 
and we're getting into the path where we can actually talk about the game on the court. Well, if you check our recent feed, I, I say recent, it was July 22nd, the last time we were here. Evil and I have been very busy. I mean, we, we work for a, a big a powerhouse sports radio station here in Columbus, Ohio, 97.1 The Fan, and we've expanded our lineup. We've had a lot of exciting things going on. We do 14 hours of live radio a day. If you're listening in Philadelphia or New York or a place like that, you're like, oh, well, welcome to big boy radio. <laughs> like, yes, we're, we, we went there finally. We're, doing, we're getting up at 6 a.m. and we're going to 8 o'clock at night. So it's, uh, it, it's really very cool. So we've been all over the place. That means anytime somebody's out, we're all just working with our hair on fire. So it's good to be back. We have a lot of things to catch up on, and we'll be, we'll be uh, coming at you more frequently here as we get to the walk-up of the season. This is an exciting time for me. I don't know about you, but we're sitting here recording on October 1st, and we've got a month and a half, a month and 25 days to get to the start of college basketball season. This is sort of the, the time of the year where you and I feel like mm -hmm. outliers, because yes. while we love college football, we do. We absolutely love college football. We're... We're in that category of the few where we also start to get double excited. You know, the college football season winds down, but we love that mixing bowl when basketball comes around. We start to hear that ball bouncing in the gym. That really gets us going. Yeah, I tell everybody I know pretty much people like you and I, we're kind of different breeds because I think a lot of the country, if you're not like a blue blood program, that you cheer for you're kind of a football guy and then oh or f football guy or gal and then oh well basketball starting well let's let's take let's check this out a little bit and then you slowly get into it us we get here at october 1st when we're recording this and we're super excited because that means usually we're a month away from games tipping off and we're, we're focused on that while also keeping an eye on football and kind of going 50 50 with that we're just built differently in that way but, uh, yeah, a month and 25 days or whatever it's going to be, it's really intriguing. I still am intrigued to find out what it's going to look like when that starts because we anticipate that being the battle for Atlantis, but at this point we don't mm -hmm. have the full details yet. Yeah, and you know what? And by the way, you and I, we also condemn and denounce the jokes from the college football crowd. We, we, we condemn them. You can come aboard, be a bandwagon college hoops fan, but leave the, oh, college football season's over now. I guess we'll turn over to hoops. Uh-uh. No. We've had a lot of ball going. We've had a lot of season going. By the time you start paying attention, November games have always mattered. December games have always mattered. There's some great stuff going on in those first couple of months before we get to conference season. And I'll tell you what, right here, our coach at Ohio State, the Holt man, he's been very, very good at getting his team started right there. You can secure yourself quality positioning in the NCAA tournament by beating up on some of the big non-conference opponents that you have because they count. The selection committee looks at those. You may as well have your team better equipped and better prepared to play. Now, what he's got to figure out is that midseason lull in the Big Ten season, which we will we will break down the Big Ten conference here a little bit in this episode and just what's going around uh, what's going what's going on. We know we got a lot of transfers, we got some newcomers. Really evil. We had a lot of opt-ins with the uncertainty of what was going to go on with the NBA draft. We have a lot of powerful teams in the Big Ten conference. I feel like we say this every year, like it's oh it might be the best basketball year the Big Ten's ever had, but this might really be the case this season because I've seen so many analysts look at Ohio State and while they're ranked in the top 25 nationally, I'm having a hard time finding them even ranked in the top five in their own league. 
Yeah, I um this this kind of build of how the college basketball landscape looks this year is a little confusing if you don't follow it very closely. And even for myself, it's kind of been hard to kind of understand how it's going to look. I mean, we had a guy that was probably a player of the year candidate out in Gonzaga, Philip Petrusev, say, you know what, college basketball, thanks for your time, Gonzaga. Thanks Peace. for giving me time, but I'm going back overseas. He's going to play a year over there. I forget which club he's with. I think he's in Russia or one of those countries, and then he's going to come back and apply for the uh, the NBA draft uh, the year after. But, yeah, it's just— He's in it, Serbia, Serbia, I believe. Okay. Evil, yeah, for soccer bet, for mega soccer bet. Good research oh, wait, on yeah. your part. I, don't, I, don't, I was trying to pronounce that in a certain kind of way. I think that's just an advertiser who has the club name. Mega <laughs> soccer bet. Yeah. I'm trying to say it with a Serbian. Mega soccer bet. Yeah, that's, uh, they do stuff like that out there. That's cool. No, but yeah, that's just one of the examples of how weird things have been. Like Even when people or when players were opting back in or withdrawing from the draft, they extended the withdrawal period on and on and on that people just kind of lost track of it. And then before you knew it, like Illinois has their two top players back and they're ready to run for the Big Ten. And I don't even know if a lot of people fully understand that yet. Let's just uh, let's sort of gloss over this. All right. With okay. the Big Ten, with the the key figures, Luca Garza, I guess, front and center. Right. You start with him. Luca is back for Iowa. So the best player in college basketball, maybe if you didn't think he was the absolute best, certainly top three. I mean, that guy is a walking double-double. He is a brick house, a movable object. He can shoot it from outside. He can bang down low. Uh, how many How many top 25 games did he go for at least 20 and 10 in? I mean, he, he always shows up in the big-time games. Illinois, though. Uh, they bring back Kofi Coburn, the big dude, and Io Desunmu, their outstanding guard. So that's huge. And Isaiah the guy Livers. with a fantastic last name, Georgie Bionishvili. Yes, yeah, for Illinois. Yeah, Georgie Bejenjvali. How, how do I? I'm trying to think of our B BTN dude saying his name a bunch of times. Man, the it, years. it, it you can never me get up. it right they, though. I think they also bring He's back Georgian, right? Uh, yeah, he is. Yes, Frazier. Yep. Yeah, this this, yeah, this team is 100% my front runner. I mean, I I, I got to be honest with you. It's the popular pick right now, but this 100% my front runner. I and and you know what there's more with Illinois too. They've got uh, two freshmen and I will uh I will hit you up with the 2020 college basketball player recruiting rankings and let you know how some of these fellows are falling in the Big 10 since we're talking about Illinois for a second. Adam Miller and Andrew Curbelo. I was just watching a little bit of film the other day of Curbelo. He went up against Bronny and Sierra Canyon. Curbelo, I think, plays for Long Island or one of the Long Island schools. Oh, okay. And the dude is a player, man. Like, he's not very tall, but as far as guards go, guy is scrappy and a playmaker and a shooter. You're going to like this guy. And I don't know how many minutes he's going to play right away, but I, don't, I also don't know how you keep him off the floor. And Adam Miller is a top 30 guy. He might be the second highest recruit in the Big Ten coming in. So things are changing. Illinois is back, man. Brad Underwood, you've got to give it up for him. There were so many years where they were just in a lull in between, you know, the Bill Self and the Bruce Weber teams. There were about 10 years, 12 years where I think fans there in Champaign just didn't know what they were going to wind up being. And now it seems like this guy is... 
Like Adam Miller is a big time Chicago recruit. That's a that's a Mr. Basketball. So they're getting dudes now again. Yeah, no. When they hired Brad Underwood, I said from the beginning it's gonna be a home run. And yeah, I I know people kind of were rubbed the wrong way when he goes to Oklahoma State for a year and then bounces out and then kind of leaves them in some a little bit of turmoil with what they're dealing with now from his era. But uh, no, if you remember what he was doing at Stephen F. Austin when he was upsetting teams like VCU sure. and whatnot, you'd know what you're getting with this guy. You're gonna get a hard nosed defensive coach who's gonna get players that can also stretch at the guard positions. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that Illinois really needed to address going into the season was depth. And, I mean, you just nailed it on the head with the two freshmen they're bringing in. They, lose, they, got it. they do lose a, a transfer in Alan Griffin, but what they have behind the starting five is important because we saw it in that game when they played Ohio State. When they got into foul trouble, they were toast. And Ohio State made that run and eventually took that game. Mm-hmm. Hopefully for their case that this depth can help them later in the season when they're trying to make a run for the Big Ten title. Well, and, and let's be honest, everybody's going to lose a transfer or two or three. Oh, yeah. It's just, in, in this it's era, just yeah. going to happen. 100%. Yeah. In, in Iowa, by the way, they, it's not just Luca Garza, not to gloss over them, but th- that was kind of like the key figure, the big figure in the Big Ten. Luca back for the Hawkeyes and uh, Fran McCaffrey with his curvy glasses. CJ Frederick, <laughs> uh, Joe Wieskamp, Jordan Bohan, and Connor McCaffrey, and, and more and more and more. They, they got a lot of their guys back. So um, Aaron uh, and Aaron Eulis is one of their key guys coming in for Iowa as well. You know about Wisconsin and what they did late last season. They bring basically everybody back, right? I mean, Trice, Brad Davison, Ford, Roivers, I think Micah only, Potter, who we know here. I think the here. only player they lose is, oh man, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he annoyed us. He, he hit threes constantly. Um, pretzel yes right? yes that's who they lose i think that's the only the pre- guy they lose. The pretzel man yep yeah yeah so uh michigan state you're gonna be relying on aaron henry who's one of one, another one of those guys to come back that's that's big we could of talk course. 20 minutes on michigan state oh because I, think, I know i think we've talked yeah. enough that think i think they're a faker this year but I, they're they're coached by izzo and they're always recruiting I, they got this interesting recruit out of utah who i'm intrigued to see he's from mali and uh, he played at the wasage academy out there i think he was <laughs> He maybe uh, I read something about how he got injured at a camp at BYU and uh, missed his whole senior season. But yeah, let me find let me find the guy's name I was looking at. His name's Mady Sissoko. Yeah, he's a six nine, two hundred forty pound hoss for the uh, Wasatch Academy in Mount Pleasant, Utah, by way of Mali. So that's one of the guys Izzo's bringing into this class that you'll see. Yeah, I just, I think we're overvaluing, not us, but I think just the majority of the sports overvaluing the Izzo factor because when Mm -hmm. I look up and down the roster, I'm not seeing a guy that's going to take over like a Cassius Winston. Like, guys he's had in the past, at least at the one or the two spot, that can take over a game. He's, sure, he's yeah, going to be a guy. I, I need to see. Um, not he's a gonna guy. Be, he's going mean, to be a good guy. He's going to be a great player for him. I, just I don't mean he's going to gonna be a guy. I mean he's going to be the guy. He will be fine being the guy. I need to see him develop year. more for that. But that's why once I see him show that he can be that guy for sure, until then I'm going to keep him at least outside the top three, without a doubt. Yeah. And, and you know uh, you know they got a, a lot of guys that, that they'll bring in, aside from the one that I mentioned in the recruiting class. What what was the situation? The one thing I don't know, I, I've got to go like uh, typing into the keyboard here. Xavier Tillman, what was his status? Did he stay? Yeah, he so gone? he, he did. did st- yeah, he did stay in the draft. I think he mentioned something about his daughter and whatnot. He wants to go to okay. the league, get paid, and good for him. Sure, but yeah, sure. On the flip side, for Michigan State's implications, that's huge because there was just 
there wasn't really a whole lot of depth behind them when it came to the five or the four spot. I know they bring in Joey Hauser from Marquette, so he'll probably slide into that four spot. But their five is going to be hurting this year. They're going to kind of be like Ohio State a little bit. What about Joshua Langford, though? Have you heard anything about That's his status? That's the X factor, what man. What is he going to be? I thought like late December is what they were aiming for if they could get him back. I think he's coming back. I'm looking and seeing man. things from August about how his health is way ahead of where they thought it would be. So you you could have that could be the guy Joshua Langford back, and, back and, here for the yeah, Spartans what if, a great story that would be too for how how many years he's been out now no yeah it'd be awesome I, I, I'm rooting for the kid he's had so many bad luck injuries so far in his career uh, I would love to see him get back on the court but that's a gr- great name to bring up because I think that could be the guy if he's healthy enough he's shown that he could be the guy to carry a team we'll see it was the it was the 2018 19 season the last time he got to put anything down on paper he was a 15-a-game guy. He was a 12-a-game guy as a sophomore and a 15-a-game guy the year after that. So Incredible. I think people people lose sight of what a big deal that was, of how big of a loss that was for a team and how much that sucked for Joshua himself. It's a big-time player. I think you just look at the fact that it's Michigan State and you don't think about things like that. Like, oh, they lost a big player. They'll be fine. They'll just get somebody back. How about Rutgers, too? This is... This is interesting because yeah. we don't often find teams that just live in the cellar and they're not really just creeping up to be they're not going from say the the bottom feeder as the 14th team to maybe creeping up to being in that top 10 conversation. No, they're in that top 5 conversation in an extremely talented Big 10. So I think this is huge stuff for Rutgers and with Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. leading them. Uh, speaking of another top 100 recruit in this class that you will see him play right away, I, I think his last name is Omarui. Cliff Omarui. He's from Jersey. If you flip on his, if you flip on his highlights, this guy is a big dude. He is ripped. He is a stud. He is uh, just a powerhouse around the rim. Yeah, I, I really like this team. But again, I, I I treat these power rankings like the stock market a little bit. If the stock gets a little too hot, I want to stay away from it in terms of buying it because it might stink a little bit. But I, this Rutgers offense, man, I, I don't know if Baker and Harper can carry them, but they have got to improve on the offensive side of the end of the court because on the defensive end, they've been okay, and that's where they've been stout. I think in order for them to make that top five in the conference leap, they had to get better on offense. You know what? The the team that I still think uh, everyone is sleeping on is Ohio State. It, oh, my gosh. Buckeyes. I'm looking at an SI uh, power ranking right now. They have them at eighth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Didn't our boy John Rothstein, who's like the, the grandfather, the Papa Rothstein for, for this podcast, how much we love hoops and following him, I think he had him sixth or lower. Sixth or seventh. Yeah, I think you're right. Sixth or seventh. He, he had Rutgers 10. ahead of him. I, I will say that, yeah. They're sleeping on us, man. Just because just because you lose a lot of transfers, it's not really about that anymore. And we'll say that. I'll say that over and over. It's not about what you lose. It's how you replenish. It's who you bring back in. Because every college basketball coach is going to get hit now by guys who are a little upset. They're not happy about their playing time, their role, their fit. But that's going to happen. It's who do you go out and how do you play that transfer incoming market. And he did it beautifully by bringing in Seth Towns, he, he got Abel Porter from Utah State, who'll be a nice depth guard. 
But the fact that he can still get a C.J. Walker, who's now going to be one of the more experienced point guards in the Big Ten, and a Justice Suing, a leading scorer from a Pac-12 team like Cal, and actually get these guys to sit a year when all anyone wants to do is find a place where they can go and be eligible right away. He's gotten a guy in back-to-back years to sit his butt down, learn, and acclimate himself, and then come in. So Justice Suing is someone nobody is talking about, and he'll be a big-time factor with Dwayne Washington, Kyle Young, EJ Liddell, Seth Towns, if his health gets right, this guy will be just a huge impact for Ohio State. And he's an interesting fellow, as we've come to learn, on and off right. the court. I um I kind of have an open question I wanted to bring up because I've been thinking about this ever since the blanket waiver for eligibility for football came down. Because uh, if you're going to do it for football, I, I got to imagine you'd do it for basketball too, correct? I I've, I hope they do. And, and I have do, not seen that down do, anywhere. If they do... Then why, at some point, we got to talk about maybe Jimmy Soto's being a, a factor in this year. Right. Well, just because it's a blanket waiver, does that mean that you would be immediately eligible from a transfer? Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, uh, you know, that's, that's, I'm glad I brought this up as an open question because that's, uh, no, and, that, and, that, and that's good that you did. I just, these are, they're all interesting questions. Like, I don't know. Because he wasn't a graduate, was he? No. But he has one year remaining. Yeah, how would that work? Yeah, like if you have, I don't know. if you've transferred and you're definitely not going to get the waiver and you sit out because anyone anyone could sit there and say like the the pandemic was a reason for me to transfer. You you couldn't really say that. I mean, the pandemic has affected everyone. It's affected every college basketball squad. But would he also then get an extra year on the end? If you're sitting out this year, then you would get three more years to play. Because Sotos was going to have two, correct? I thought he was going to have one. Okay, if it's just one, then give him an extra year and he has two more years. Yeah, I thought... You're going to have a lot of really old dudes in college basketball (laughs) in a couple of years. Which is, uh, if you would have said that about 12 months ago, you'd never believe that. Oh, no, which which I'm fine (laughs) with, too. I mean, we know that the game gets a little bit better and the tournaments get a little bit more fun when you have some of those 22, 23-year-old fifth-year seniors maybe a bunch of sixth-year seniors if we get a blanket waiver, which I think should happen. You're right. If you're going to give it football, you got to give it for these other you sports. Do. Yeah. And why, why do they let the college basketball kids now go through the NBA draft waters, but they aren't letting the college football players do that yet? <laughs> because we've, Explain as that. We, cause I've, as we've learned, the NCAA is one thing and one thing only, and it's inconsistent. I, I, I mean, that's the only way I can is. put it. It's the yeah. only way. And Evil, just taking a look at some of these. We hit a lot of the big the big cats in the Big Ten, but Michigan is always going to be a factor in as we get into sort of the going in towards the, the end of the top ten here. Indiana, they bring a lot of guys back. And Christian Lander reclassifying a five-star. He's the best incoming freshman in the Big Ten, highest rated, I should say, Christian Lander. And as you would expect, it – you, you pop on his highlights, he looks legit. Yeah. This guy can play. He could do a lot of different things. An immediate factor for uh, for the Hoosiers right there. Then you get to teams like the Maryland Terrapins, and they're probably changing more than any team if you're going to look 
if you're going to look across the landscape, a team that was well, yeah, sort they're, of they're, up near the top. Yeah. There are guys that have been role players for the past two years and now have to be the head of the team. Like, this is a definite transition year for Turgeon. It is. I mean, they, they lost their nucleus. You're looking at guys like Daryl Morsel and Eric Ayala. Like, these guys are going to have to lead Maryland. Purdue, Purdue is, is always going to be there. I love Boilermaker basketball. Matt Painter, I think, gets the least amount of respect for what he does of any coach in the Big Ten. And he wins championships. He gets his team set up. And he's he's getting hit by the transfer bug, too. I mean, no no more Matt Harms. You don't have to see the big, giant, swooping blonde hair. The lanky stick dude who <laughs> looks like he's nine feet tall. You won't have to see him anymore. They'll they'll be relying on guys like Stefanovic and Aaron Wheeler still there, who I haven't, haven't seen enough from. <laughs> Thought he was going to be a lot better. That's we talked about guy. him That's before last year. Travion Williams. It's going to be his time to shine. That's going to be their go-to guy. Offensively, that has to be their go-to guy. Yeah, yeah, and then you start talking about the bottom feeders, Northwestern, Minnesota, oh my God, Nebraska, and uh, Penn State. Uh, Nebraska's got to be dead friggin' last. I mean, have you seen <laughs> their whole team is transfers? I was reading in some Corn Nation article just a couple weeks ago doing some general Big Ten reading. Nebraska's incoming transfers. Listen to this list. Delano Banton. From Western Kentucky, Kobe King from Wisconsin. No, I Trevor think, Lakes from I, University I think, of Indy. I think Kobe King's not going there anymore. He's out. Okay, yeah, I thought he was out. That's uh, scratch him I, off I the I list then, because this this is not. Uh, when was this thing penned? This is from. Oh, this is from earlier in the spring. So this was an early look. Um, Trey McGowan's, Shamiel Stevenson, Derek Walker, and Kobe Webster. At the time. That's how many incoming transfers Nebraska basketball was planning on. Holy cow. But wasn't it like that last season, too? Weren't they playing a lot of guys? Or, I think there was only one player on the roster this past season that had been on the roster the year before because everybody else was transfers. I mean, I know I just said what I said about it's about how you replenish and who you bring in, but there's a line to draw. Like, right? There's only like 12 to 15 guys scholarship on a basketball team. So. You'd like to do some of it through recruiting and generally keep some guys in your program. I, I don't know when we're going to see Nebraska basketball back to consistency. No, I, I thought I, Tim Miles was close, and uh, he couldn't quite get there. Yeah, I don't I don't see it because if you've got to rely on transfers too much, it tells me that you can't recruit very well to Lincoln for a basketball program, which I totally understand. But at the same time, it's not going to really benefit you in the long term for the Big Ten. I do want to say that if we're talking about these bottom of the basement for Big Ten teams, I think the team I feel most empathy for, especially with last <laughs> year, is Penn State because what oh, they had going yeah, and yeah. now they just fall down back to the basement, man, is just that's got to be heartbreaking for Pat Chambers. Yeah, it's not quite Dayton sympathy. When oh, you talk no, about no, no, that. no. Of course not. Of course yeah, not. But, but Penn State hoops has sucked. I mean, they have been horrendous and for them to have a year like that where they are primed to make a nice little NCAA tournament run and you get all these talented guys that are going to age out and going to be gone that that's rough I mean if you wanted to talk about waivers seriously we know we said our piece about this earlier but how could you not let the guys that were that were cut off from a memorable NCAA tournament or a championship season not have the extra year if they wanted it. If they needed to go pro and start making money, then fine, best of luck. But if they wanted it, 
get started on a grad program, whatever they wanted to do, right. should have been done for him. It really should yeah, have. Yeah, I just don't understand how, again, you can't do that for the spring athletes, the basketball players, but then you can turn around and you no know, question it for football and give them that blanket waiver. It just right. it doesn't really well, you sit mean well. Yeah, it doesn't they sit did, well. They did do it for the spring athletes. They didn't oh, do it for y- the y- winter athletes, like hoops. That Correct. was like the cutoff, right. the You're men's right. and women's basketball players. That's what sucked about it. But, you know, they, they try to make the case, well, most of the season, like the whole season was cut off for the spring athletes. Well, what do you think you play the season for? We just play it to end it after our regular season? No. Yeah. Every, it's, uh... Any sport, you play it to win a championship, <laughs> to get to the playoffs. Ask anybody. That's why you play. Well, I mean, it's completely off topic, but it just fills in the lines of what the Big Ten was thinking. Oh, well, you'll get a season. It'll just be in the spring, and you can't play for our championships, but you can get a spring Rose Bowl. No, it's the same concept. They don't just play for the season. They play to, for the chance to win a championship. Man, I'm loving the Big Ten basketball talk. It's a good way to just uh, dip our feet back into the pool as we uh, keep getting dialed in in advance of the college basketball season set for a November 25th start date. Your quick five, I heard you say Illinois, number one. I'm going to agree with you. So we're going to be the same here, that Illinois is the top dog preseason in the Big Ten. Give me your quick five. Who's two, three, four, five? Yeah, number two, I'll go a little bit. Out of chalk, I'll go Wisconsin at two. Then I'll go Iowa at three. Oh. And then I will actually go with Michigan State at four, even though I've been talking them down. <laughs> and then I have, Ohio, I have Ohio State at five. All right. We're, we're, gonna, we're Ohio State guys, so you're going to catch the Buckeyes in our top five. We think they're being slept on again, and we think this is the year that Chris Holtman's going to end that early Big Ten season, mid-Big Big Ten season lull, and have these guys up there and fighting more for a championship. Um, Illinois won. The one that I'm going to be knocking down that I don't think, I just don't think they're talented enough. Their talent matches some of the other teams we'll talk about. They're well coached, but I'm not going to have Wisconsin in my top five. I think if there's any team that's not going to repeat what they just did and surprise, they're going to come back down to earth. Wow. I, so I'm going to have I, Il- I, I love have the hot Illinois. take on it. I, I, I yeah. actually kind of really like that. Are, yeah, I don't think they're going to be – they're going to be good, but they're going to be more in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. What like, do you I would think almost, is the reason for that? Because I'm I, curious. I just – like I said, I just don't think their talent, their top-line talent up there matches the rest of some of these teams. Like, I would put – I would almost give Rutgers a chance to move past them, or even in Indiana with some of the talent that they've got with Trace Jackson Davis and Christian Lander, like high-end, high-flying guys – so uh, my my quick five, it's Illinois. Iowa's going to be right in there at two. Michigan State in there at three. Ohio State in there at four. And Rutgers in there at five. Okay. There you go. Wow, you're going to have Wisconsin all the way out of the top five. Yeah, Wisconsin would be Ooh. in my in my six range. I'd, I'd probably go with an Indiana right there at seven with those a lot of those red teams, the Reds, the middle of the Big Ten Reds, and then maybe Maryland creeps up there too, into the uh, number eight position. But uh, we're not we're not ranking wow. the whole entire so Big you're, Ten. So you're gonna There's have you're gonna have Michigan in the bottom half or the bottom tier. Um, yeah, M- Michigan's gonna be in the middle tier. Th- well, yeah, the, eight, the eight, eight nine range. Eight nine. Yeah, wow. So out. if the, okay, well, well, I, I know we're wrapping up this conversation, but just talking about them real quick. If they finish in that range, what is the likelihood after this season that Jawan looks to go and go find an NBA team to coach? No, you you think 
<laughs> you think one more? This is his second season. No, but I, I think he is interested. Year two. I, I think he is interested in the NBA, though. I, I really do think this, he is. Why did he come here? That, that would that would piss me off. It really would. <laughs> why come to your alma mater and treat this like some stepping stone? That would really piss me off. Yeah. Like, do what you want to do. Live your life. But Juwan Howard could have stuck around an NBA bench and make the connections, make the relationships, and easily gotten his opportunity that way. You see the way you know recent former players are getting hired in that league. Why go to your alma mater when they desperately needed a coach to take over for maybe their best ever who also left to the NBA, and then jump after two years just because you don't finish in the top five? Oh, that would suck No, you're, you're definitely speaking the logic. I, I just like to stoke the flames a little bit up there. Yeah, That's I it. know it. All right, we'll, we'll uh, take a short pause, and uh, coming up next on Mad About Hoops, we will go over a very nice rivalry college basketball coaching spat that just occurred here. So that's next. Don't go anywhere. And don't forget, you can catch all of our podcasts, every single one we post, especially that they come out very, very often. You can catch them on any platform, pretty much, that you get your podcasts. Google, iTunes. Apple, yeah. I, I only use the iTunes one, but I'm sure there's a Spotify maybe. Yep, yeah, I pretty use much Stitcher everywhere. a lot. I'm a big Stitcher guy. But yes, all you can, good. You can yeah. hear very, very interesting topics like the one we're going to talk about next, Tim, which is this dilemma, or I guess it's now been solved, between Kentucky and Louisville, between Coach Cal and Coach Mack. <laughs> it's, it's good. Chris Mack and, and Coach Cal just fighting. And, and, and by the way, when you do uh, listen to one of our podcasts, leave us a friendly review and a nice rating. Help us grow. Tell your friends that are college basketball fans that they can find a new pod to listen to. So uh, this this is great. I, I, I like the tweet here from Coach Cal from a couple days ago, <laughs> September 29th, as we're rolling this on October 1st. See you December 26th. Can't wait. He doesn't even tweet that at Chris Mack. He just writes it into Twitter. Uh, you love the little subtweeting, right? So Chris Mack, he fired back at Coach Cal the other day about how the Cardinals don't want to play Kentucky this season. That's not the case, as Chris Mack will tell you. And in this video that he posted where it's just him at his desk looking right into the lens, speaking, I guess he's speaking to Louisville fans, but it's also like he's speaking directly to Coach Cal as well because he, he's, so, he's so sarcastic. Oh, he, he 100% is. Oh, yeah. You know, he's got so much, like, spite in his voice. It's really hilarious. It's like, we want to do what's best for Coach Cal. And we want to do what's best for Kentucky. So whatever we can do to make it easier on Kentucky, that's what we're going to do. And he, like, slows down his speech, and he's kind of pointing. It's really funny. He ends it with, like, a big fist bang on the table. <laughs> like, the camera kind of shakes. So the, the, the issue here, Chris Mack says that the famous Kentucky-Louisville game was originally scheduled for December 12th. And he's listing this all out in the video. But he says Kentucky backed out because they were going to be playing Michigan in London on December 6th. They didn't 
feel like that was enough time to get that game played, which Chris Mack makes fun of. Like the original, you, you don't think getting back and then six more days, you couldn't get ready for the rivalry game. So the London game was canceled. But Mack said Kentucky then scheduled Notre Dame for December 12th instead of playing Louisville on the original date. So he makes fun of that. And he also accused the Wildcats of trying to change a Louisville ACC game without the Cardinals' knowledge. That's very interesting. Hadn't heard Cal uh, come back on that. But he also uh, he also said that Louisville asked the Kentucky football coach, Mark Stoops, to change the school's football game that was supposed to be played on the Cardinals' home field in 2021. And Stoops said okay to that request because... I guess that game's not being played this year, right? Evil, like you, correct? Yeah, they're playing conference. Guy, yeah. yeah, they're playing conference slate, so yeah, they won't be playing conference only. So basically, Chris Mack thinks it's unfair that he would have to play Kentucky at the Yum Center, his home court, this year when they will have little to probably no fans, and then he'll be back in the turn to go to to Rupp next college basketball season, and he's assuming that the house will be packed and Kentucky gets a great raucous environment and he gets a quiet gym to play in. He doesn't think, I guess that's fair for the rivalry games. And coach Cal basically uh, said, I, I I've talked with him and he expressed his concerns and he says he understands the difficulty and the complications with the pandemic. We're prepared to come to Louisville to play this season under the previously agreed upon terms. And we fully expect Louisville to honor the agreement with a return game to Rupp arena next season. Chris was kind of wanting to do a neutral site game this year and then still have the game be at the Yum Center next year so it's not unfair with the fans and everything. And I got to tell you, I think I side with Cal in this one. I do on on the premise of talking about the home and home situation. And, you know, it's unfortunate you had to have your home game during the pandemic year. Um, I, I do side with Cal on that. What I don't side on is this whole, well, we need the six days to come back, and we, we can't play you six days after we come from, back from London, or we can't play you six days after playing this fill-in game, or we got to fill in a game with Notre Dame and the sure. we're going to play. That I don't right. back him on, but on the terms of the home-and-home home thing, I, I 100% do. But I, this is just who Chris Mack is. If you've watched what he did back at Xavier, especially the games when he was playing against Cincinnati, man, this fire, this pettiness was there back then because they had plenty of fights with uh, our guy Mick Cronin back when he was coaching over there at Cincinnati. They had oh, yeah. their brawls and whatnot and their fights, and this is nothing new for him. He just found a new nemesis. Chris Mack and Mick Cronin, by the way, you you couldn't you couldn't create a better pair to be in a rivalry. Oh, it's amazing. You know? with how sarcastic they are and how snide they get with their comments. Oh man, like yeah, they're they're they were great for uh for the Queen City uh, rivalry there for the Crosstown shootout. But uh, th- I'm with you with what you said that is a little ridiculous that you would try to say you can't play your rivalry game with 6 days of rest coming back from an international trip and then wind up scheduling a different game on that same day anyway. Once the game was canceled, the Michigan game was canceled, how in the heck do you not just agree to play the Louisville game on the original date? But uh, as far as moving games around, I'm totally with Cal. I'll double down. Evil, if we did this for every for every single sport and every single situation, it would never end. Oh, it'd be a this mess. Is not the, yeah, I mean, just think about here in, in f- a football sense, Ohio State and Michigan, right? 
Like Ohio State's getting the game at home this year. Not going to have the fans. Then you're going to have to go potentially back to Ann Arbor next year, and the fans could be back. So what? Yeah, it, it, we, we can't, it is so really what? interesting. We haven't heard anything about that. We haven't heard that with any of these other sports. It is kind of weird that it really— Because it's— because it's too tedious. That's why you're not hearing <laughs> exactly. it. It's too tedious. Are we going to do it for every freaking game on our schedule? You know? In a football sense, that's the whole schedule works that way right. with your division teams. You go to their stadium one year, and it's back to our stadium the next. It's evens and odds, and unless you have, like, division realignment, that stuff is set in stone, and it really never changes unless something throws you off off kilter. Yeah, you so, you really don't experience ridiculous. this in basketball as much because you most of these conference slates have home and homes anyways built into them with a 20-game schedule, 18-game schedule, whatever the number is. Uh, you really only see it with these non-conference games where you're scheduling out in advance home and homes or two-game series or three-game series. That's really when it comes into play. Um but when it comes to this, I just don't really see the argument on Mac's side other than, you know, you just bite the bullet. I, I really think that's all you could do. He did, and he did it in a snarky way, which I kind of got to laugh at. He did it like of, a child. Yeah. He, he, he did. I, <laughs> we'll play the game. Fine. I, I, I'm, I'm indifferent on it, but I, I do know this is just who he is. Uh, I can't wait for the game now. I, I really can't. Uh, Evil, any uh, final thoughts before we uh, wrap up Ep 25 here and. We'll uh, we'll continue on as we get closer and closer to the hoop season. Yeah, I think it's just like everything else this summer, this fall, leading up into the season. Just keep an eye out for everything because at some point, everything's going to just start coming down on when scheduling happens. We know when they can start playing, but how is it going to look? Uh, I know Duke's going to try to leave that Battle for Atlantis, a.k.a. the South Dakota tournament. So we got to figure out who we're going to be playing there. Then you got to figure out well how you're going to finish out the non-conference slate before you get the conference play. Then you get the conference slate. Like there's still so much going on that needs to happen to get the schedule set up. That there's just just being anticipated. That's all I got to say. It's just anticipate because it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, cautiously optimistic. That's what I am because anyone in the uh, in the realm of epidemiology, they'll classify indoor basketball as a high risk contact sport for transferring the disease and the virus so we'll have to see how this goes because we're not going to have fully bubble situations like the nhl and the nba had but be watching out for that wide world of sports deal with you know eight of the holiday tournaments going down there to the same place where the nba has had their their bubble season ohio state and the rest of them going out to south dakota and just watching the testing man and seeing how this all goes so that's going to be it. Well, man, it was fantastic. Like uh, Evil Bald Collins said, check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, all of them. Give us a nice little rating and a review. I mean, get some good karma. You wouldn't want to say anything bad about this podcast. Really, was it really that bad? It might not have been the best you ever heard, but I don't think it sucked. So we'll keep having some fun and a lot more Mad About Hoops will be in the near future. Have a good one, everybody.